The Nugent Report, the science behind health and nutrition. Welcome to this episode of The Nugent Report, a definitive source for objective information on health and nutrition, featuring Dr. Steve Nugent, the renowned psychologist, author, public speaker, and expert on science, health, wellness, and nutrition. Be sure to visit our website at drnugent.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of The Nugent Report. I'm Dr. Steve Nugent. Today, I'm going to answer a question that's been coming in from some subscribers. And the question is, is a DO a real doctor? Well, some of you listening are saying, what the heck's a DO? Well, the short answer to the question is yes. But let me give you a little bit of history. And in fact, let's talk during this podcast about the difference between a doctor and a physician, and a little bit of history on doctors as well. You know, the history of physicians goes back thousands of years, although the word physician, which by the way has its root from early Latin, wasn't really used commonly until about the 1800s. Adds a little confusion to this discussion. Well, as I frequently say in my lectures, Ignorance is a disease that's easily cured. The medicine is knowledge. So we're going to give you some medicine during this particular podcast. There are unquestionably people who think the only real doctors are medical doctors, also known as allopathic doctors or allopathic physicians. And those are the doctors that will have the initials MD after their names. Now, they are accurately called medical physicians or medical doctors, but really medical physicians. You'll understand what I mean in a few minutes. Long before the title of doctor of medicine was conceived, a healthcare practitioner was typically called a doctor of philosophy. And that would be a doctor of philosophy in medicine versus a doctor of philosophy in law or doctor of philosophy in science or doctor of philosophy and theology, etc. The distinction of what identifies an individual with the title of doctor is that they have achieved the highest level of scholarship in their field, whatever that field is. It is not about the practice of medicine. Historians believe that the earliest individuals who were awarded the title of doctor were in the Muslim community in the 800s AD. The first doctors in the Western world date back to the Middle Ages. Almost all of these were doctors of philosophy, which is abbreviated as PhD. Now, there was one school around 1000 AD in Sicily which specifically taught medicine and nothing else, but most of the universities at that time had a wide range of sciences that were taught to their doctors who became doctors of philosophy. The earliest historical reference for the first PhD was 1150 AD in Paris. At that time, the title of doctor could mean several things. A person who had mastered that field or art was simply called a master. 
Today, we call that a master's degree. In medieval Europe, however, they considered that there was a distinction between people who had mastered an art or a science and someone who had achieved the highest possible level of knowledge and scholarship in that area of art or science. And that person was called a doctor of philosophy. It wasn't, however, until 1703 that the University of Glasgow in Scotland began to award the Doctor of Medicine degree, or MD. The key point in the title of doctor was not originally synonymous with physician, nor is it today. There's another type of healthcare practitioner called a doctor of osteopathy, and you'll find the initials D.O. after their names. They've got the same medical training as an M.D., the same license and scope of practice, the same ability to prescribe any approved pharmaceutical drugs as an M.D. D.O.s and M.D.s differ primarily in their philosophy of practice versus their medical training. DOs are growing rapidly as a profession throughout the U.S. today. Forty years ago, it was rare to see a DO, and in some parts of the country, they were virtually unheard of. Today, there are many American hospitals where DOs are the dominant practitioner, and many American cities where family practice and general practice clinics are staffed entirely by DOs. Yes, they are, without a doubt, without a question, real doctors. Just as MDs, they practice evidence-based medicine. It would be, in my opinion, however, more accurate to refer to them as physicians. I'll get back to that in a minute. To make sure that the osteopathic philosophy is properly represented, what follows is a direct quote from the American Osteopathic Foundation website. Quote, Doctors of Osteopathic Medicine, or DOs, believe there's more to good health than the absence of pain or disease. As guardians of wellness, DOs focus on prevention by gaining a deeper understanding of your lifestyle and environment rather than just treating your symptoms. There are more than 114,000 DOs in the U.S. practicing their distinct philosophy in every medical specialty. DOs have additional training in osteopathic manipulative treatment and use this tool to diagnose, treat, and prevent illness and injury. Now, I've worked with DOs who were very holistic in their approach and on occasion, some who were not. First and foremost, any doctor, regardless of their area, is first a human being, and eh, human beings have differences. In some states of the United States, not all, and in some Western countries, there are also health practitioners that are known as naturopaths. The U.S. has had three naturopathic associations over time, the first of which, as far as I know, no longer exists. 
The second followed a philosophy not just of natural practice, but only allowing for non-invasive therapies. And the third, the newest, teaches an integrative medicine approach. Until late in the 20th century, there was no uniform training or licensing requirements for naturopaths in the United States, and if you count all 50 states, you would have to say there still isn't. So, when an individual identifies themselves as a naturopath, they may have no standardized training, or they may have truly outstanding standardized training. The common theme of a naturopath, obviously, is nature. Not everyone who identifies themselves as a naturopath has the same training or philosophy, so be aware of this when you're shopping for your practitioner. My personal introduction to integrative healthcare many decades ago was from some old-time naturopaths who believed in the non-invasive approach. These were some men who had some tremendous knowledge they learned through study from practitioners who came before them and also from personal experience. But they were focused primarily on what we would identify as herbology, homeopathy, and non-invasive therapies such as water therapy, light therapy, etc. Naturopathy has come a long way since then. When I first learned the naturopathic approach, it was years before there were any brick-and-mortar schools with standardized curriculums, years before there were any standards set up for state licensing. Even today, state licensing does not exist in all the states for naturopaths. I'm grateful to those old-timers who taught me a lot, and they really were the foundation, they were the basis of what we have as naturopathy today. But today, it now is a field of standardized practice, which makes it quite a bit different from the way the old-timers looked at it. Still, I'm grateful to all of them who've long since passed. In my opinion, it's crucial to have standardized practice in any field that serves human health. In the last 20 years, significant numbers of MDs have been learning what's called integrative medicine. That, by the way, was one of my areas of study as well. Now, integrative medicine is where you integrate the natural with the allopathic. And the allopathic approach, of course, is the standardized approach that's taught in medical schools. By integrating these two things together, the integrative medicine practitioner becomes far more effective for their patients. I see this hybrid of integrative medicine practitioner as the future of healthcare. With the ever-increasing number of MDs practicing integrative medicine and the growth in DOs, whose philosophy is naturally more integrative, I'm uncertain about the future of naturopathy. In all 50 U.S. states, MDs and DOs have the same scope of practice and licensing where this is not the case with naturopathy at this time. So, remember, training differs, as do personalities. So, keep this in mind. 
when you're shopping for your new healthcare practitioner. Another noteworthy area to discuss is in the field of psychology. Most people think that all psychologists have the same training, and this is not true. Yes, everyone who's achieved a doctorate in psychology has to have the same core psychological training. But then, just as with doctors of medicine and doctors of osteopathy, they branch off into other fields of specialty. There are many different recognized disciplines in psychology with numerous subcategories. The study of the human mind is dynamic, and there are disciplines and degree programs at the doctoral level in psychology that may not be found in every standard university program. Until the early 1970s, any individual who earned a doctorate in psychology, whether that was in abnormal psychology, forensic psychology, educational psychology, clinical psychology, etc., was awarded a Doctor of Philosophy, or Ph.D. So, as an example, their diploma would read Doctor of Philosophy in Forensic Psychology. The change took place in the way people looked at the various disciplines of psychology and decided that they would divide the doctoral programs into two separate categories just as we have in medicine. The psychologists who earned a doctorate which was research-based and wanted to have a career in behavioral science research would be called a PhD. And the individual who earned a doctorate in psychology with an emphasis in clinical practice would be awarded a Doctor of Psychology or PsyD. So that's abbreviated as capital P, lowercase s, lowercase y, capital D, and pronounced as Psy-D. At this time, although the majority of psychologists who've earned a doctorate and who practice as clinicians are still holding the title of PhD or Doctor of Philosophy in Psychology, the last time I checked, the number of Psy-Ds were about 25% of the total number of individuals who held doctorates in various fields of psychology. Eventually, all clinicians will be PsyDs and all researchers will be PhDs. The idea of making this distinction then follows the model set up in the field of medicine. In medicine, of course, the majority of MDs are clinicians with a much smaller number as researchers, and then there are even a smaller number who are MD-PhDs, but the majority of people doing medical research are PhDs. So, in an attempt to treat the disease called ignorance, I want to summarize the treatment by saying that anyone who has achieved a doctorate degree in their particular field of study, by definition, is a real doctor. They've earned the title of doctor, and calling them Mr., Mrs., or Ms. is blatantly disrespectful of their scholarship and their scholarly achievement, not to mention clearly inaccurate. The title of doctor is not synonymous with medical physician. Doctors of philosophy, doctors of science, doctors of engineering, 
doctors of business, doctors of chiropractic, doctors of naturopathy, doctors of psychology and osteopathy, and of course, doctors of medicine are all real doctors. Through their hard work and scholarship, they have all earned the title of doctor. That's what it means. But only those individuals who practice some aspect of medical health care are physicians. It would then be accurate to describe an MD as a physician who has earned the title of doctor. But there are far more individuals who are not physicians and have still earned the title of doctor. So, for those of you who thought before that the only real doctors were MDs, I have administered the medicine. You now have the cure, the wonderful cure of knowledge. Remember, you can't make an informed decision unless you've been informed. Until next time, be safe, be sensible, be objective. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Nugent Report. Visit our website at drnugent.com for more objective facts about health and nutrition and email your questions and feedback to info at drnugent.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Stay informed. Get the facts with The Nugent Report.